over a month ago, as Rebecca and I were praying and uh, putting ourselves before the Lord and planning, we planned this message, uh, this group of messages, but I have been particularly excited for this one. I'm always happy to, uh, for the word to come forth, uh, the scripture to come forth, but I have been particularly, this one's been planned for over a month, and so help me uh, that I don't get uh, overly excited today. Um, Spirit-led life, part two. Uh, yesterday I was on the phone with my mom. I love my mom. God must have known that I would have issues because he gave me an amazing mom. <laughs> and most of you have met my mom. She's ministered here on more than one occasion, been here on more than one occasion. And hearing her voice yesterday, just it has this profoundly positive effect on me. And some of you would know that we, we did not always have an easy relationship and had painful traumatic experiences when I was nine years old and reacted negatively to those. And, and frankly, from nine to 16 was a very difficult person to have in the home. And my mom has forgiven me of much. And so her voice just has such an impact on me. I remember so clearly, as a child, my mom saying every day, God loves you and has a special plan for your life. She was shaping me with her words. And those of you that have brought a baby into the world, moms and dads, you know that an infant in utero recognizes voices. Some of us are pressing our musical tastes or sports fandom. But the, the, the child recognizes the, parent, the parents' voices. And probably most common is the voice of the mom, right? So I'm thankful for my mom's voice. Last Sunday, Rebecca brought a whole bunch of scripture about the Holy Spirit. God, the Holy Spirit, it's on the website, cityharborchurch.com slash messages. God, the Holy Spirit, speaks to us. If God is the potter and we are the clay, God's voice shapes us. How, how do I follow the Holy Spirit? It had just mentioned a passage on the screen multiple times today, and next Sunday we're going to unpack the greater context of it. This Sunday we're just going to focus on this sentence. Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. How do I follow the Holy Spirit? One of the beautiful things about us as a local church is that we, we are all unique. And as such, we've all learned different things about this. And, as such, God has taught different ones of us things that are unique from someone else. So this is a great topic as an example of a way that when we come together and when we share what God has taught about, to us about this, we can all draw more wisdom from it. It's a big subject like most we take on on Sundays. And I want to just be clear about something from the outset on today's message. 
This message is not to be restrictive. It's meant to be encouraging, equipping, and uplifting. Because what we clearly see in Scripture and that Jesus taught is that nothing is impossible with God. I don't think Balaam expected God to speak through his donkey. (laughs) Nothing's impossible with God. And also, clearly, around this subject, we get Scripture that tells us we should always be learning about this. And so what can happen is for some of us, we get to a certain point on learning at a subject, we think we've got it figured out, and that everybody else should learn from us on that subject. And so I want to hopefully communicate today with some gracious humility and invite you, invite your curiosity to some things I'd like to share on it. How? How do I follow the, the Holy Spirit? It's a huge subject. Well, here's, I want to give us three words to think about today. Listen to the Holy Spirit, live with the Holy Spirit, and follow the Holy Spirit. As a way to try to unpack this very simple sentence we have on the screen from Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. So we saw last Sunday in the scriptures that were unpacked, the teaching of Jesus about who the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit is doing. And as happens quite a bit in scripture, the truth about how we should be responding is implied. And the grammar that's used is actually directive. So Jesus teaches, we'll go back to that from last Sunday, John chapter 14. If you've been in this church for any length of time, you hear us quote this a lot, because it's helpful. Jesus saying, I will ask the Father, this is before his crucifixion, he predicted his crucifixion, his death, his resurrection. I will ask the Father, he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. Now, Jesus uses an interesting phrase here now to talk about people who were not yet Jesus' followers. The world cannot receive him, the Holy Spirit, and as is the, the case, I just want to point out, not all of the English words that are translated with gender in the original words carry gender. Okay, so it's just... Just a point, he's talking about God the Holy Spirit. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. So Jesus is saying there's some people that don't recognize, and a part of the reason they don't recognize is because they're not looking for. Okay, But you know him, talking to his followers who received salvation, you know him, and remember that what we've talked about, that word know before, this is important. It involves your whole person learning with your intellect and with your experience and your emotions. It's a whole person thing. You have this close personal relationship. You know the Holy Spirit because he lives with you now and later will be in you. And remember, Jesus taught that after he ascended back to the Father, that the Father would send the Holy Spirit, that they would be immersed with the Holy Spirit. It would be a changing, marked, noticeable experience. Okay? So, but what I want to point out, because we're talking about how do we listen to the Holy Spirit, how do we follow the Holy Spirit, we should be listening. A part of listening is that you engage your whole person to be looking for. And that we should be learning to recognize. So looking for recognizing. Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. 
Well, this honestly probably brings to us more questions than answers. And so I want to identify some of those questions and I want to talk about it. I know some of you are annoyed with me because I bring up a question sometimes and don't answer it. And one in particular that Rebecca and others have pointed out to me. And so I want to help heal that annoyance with me that you might have. How do we listen to the Holy Spirit? Well, giving God quiet relational time. Have you ever heard us talk about this before? Time alone with God. Time alone with God. Quiet, relational time. We're all different people. I think that one of my greatest challenges, once I've prioritized, I'm talking about one-on-one personal time with God, once I've prioritized that, my next greatest challenge is to get my whole person to quiet down. Am I the only one? (laughs) That's hard for me. It's become the most difficult thing for me. Some of you heard my testimony before about when I was 16 where I really learned how to pray. I had been sneaking out of the house four or five times a night and I then had pretty dramatic uh, things that were going on and gave my life to the Lord, rededicated my life to the Lord, and then I continued to sneak out of the house. And instead of meeting other people, I would walk and talk with God and listen to God for hours. That's how I learned how to pray. Now, there's lots of other things that inform me, that educated me, that shaped me, mentors, scripture, book, etc. But truly, my personal walk was literally walking and talking where it was the only thing that was going on and where it was an open time and then I would get back into the house by five in the morning before my parents would get up and then I would go to school and you know maybe why my grades weren't all that great for a while but extended periods of time extended periods of private time and don't you know I didn't have a phone with me and I'm not advocating this behavior as far as like the sneaking out of the house part. But don't, don't kick your kids out of the house in the middle of the night. Don't do that. But extended periods of time, and for me, the walking was a soothing effect. Now, I, to be honest with you, skateboarding was probably what kept me from, could be obviously the hand of God, but the activity of skateboarding was a big part of me not committing suicide. There was a therapeutic aspect of it. But skateboards are loud, and so you can't go down through the streets at 2 o'clock in the morning and people not call the police. So even though walking wasn't my preference, it was what I needed to do. So this extended period of time of walking would help me clear my mind of other things, and then there was an outpouring, uh, a really a gushing of talking to God like God was actually a real person who was listening and who cared. So that's a part of my influence. And obviously, I could talk about that a whole lot more. But that's also then what developed was then doing it during daylight hours. But one thing I still do is prayer walk. And I put, I keep a phone on me now for emergencies, but... And it's not for everybody, it's just for me. And then I use the Lord's Prayer as a pattern. You all heard me talk about that a bajillion times. 
But one thing that the Lord's Prayer helps me do is unpack things. Because we, we get praise, thanksgiving, we get prayer for uh, supply. I'm brought into the trust and obey part of relationship with God, the submission, right? Your kingdom come, your will be done. Give us each day our daily bread. I'm brought into forgiveness. God, please forgive me for what I've been wrong. As I forgive, we're brought into forgiving others. And that journey in that helps me unpack. Why am I saying all that? Because if this isn't real to us, if it's not helpful to us, if I don't actually help you grow in this, what are we doing? Not what the Bible tells me I'm supposed to do. How do we listen to the Holy Spirit? Well, the Lord's Prayer is one way to help you unpack the things that are on your mind. And the more complicated they are, the more high stakes they are, the more they involve a decision in your life, I personally recommend writing them down and laying them out. Because as much as there's nothing too hard for God, there's also nothing too complicated for God. And so whatever the life-changing decision, whatever the thing, whatever the challenging interaction that you have with another person, God cares about it and God has thoughts about it. And I can use the Lord's Prayer to be brought into the kind of relationship with God that Jesus designed for us, right? That Jesus led us into, Jesus trained us with. And then I can lay those things out before God. Then I'm brought into a whole different kind of listening. Now, I'm not saying it has to be in this order. Everyone's different. But when I've brought out stuff that is in, let's just use the analogy of a well, of your spirit being a well. And some of the things that are in your well are rocks that don't need to be there, that God didn't want to be there, that are reducing your capacity. And so unpacking things before God sometimes gets the rock out of the well. Maybe it's not a rock, maybe it's a request for something that you're fearful of or something you're stressed about, or maybe it's guidance and a decision. But when I unpack those things, then what I'm recommending for hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit is that then you have unscripted relationship time with God. Where God has a chance to say whatever God wants to say on whatever topic God wants to say. We had a profound experience with this uh, when we all got COVID last Father's Day. Hopefully that's not going to happen again. And a month into it, it became really obvious that we were still messed up and that I was particularly messed up. And Rebecca, in her prayer time with God, God interrupted her prayer time and said, I will provide for your needs. She wasn't asking about that when God spoke it. But do I give God enough relational time to let God unscripted speak? This is not a time for guilt or shame. This, right? Because remember, God is the God of grace, and if you feel some guilt about that, confess what you've done that's wrong, receive the forgiveness of God today. This is just an equipping moment to give us a, some more ideas, some fresh ideas about how to hear the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? Right? Now, give God quiet, quality, relational time. And the Lord's Prayer patterns, unscripted time, it's not an either or, it's just a both and. Okay, I may need some help. The clicker. Daniel, would you mind going over the laptop for me? It's decided to die. Maybe if you get a second, try to reset it for me. Here. Thanks. Okay, so the next one 
is reading what God has already said in the Bible. We're going to read what God has already said in the Bible, and when we study it, when we learn the context of what it actually meant to the people who were being spoken to, then we have a sense of what God has already said. And we've talked about in the last couple of weeks the importance of that. Then what can happen is what's called a rhema word. And a rhema word is when the Holy Spirit lifts the words off the pages of Scripture, it jumps out to you, and it's life-giving. And God has done this for me two times in in recent uh, uh, years. One uh, was this past year with my illness when it became obvious that not only was I messed up, but I was really messed up, and the doctors didn't know what to do. And honestly, I did not have the strength. I couldn't drive myself to the doctor. I couldn't walk into the doctor's office, and I was starting to despair. And I was having, thank you, I was having quiet relational time with God, and one of the things that I had read was something that God said in the Old Testament to someone who was facing a death sentence, and I wasn't, but that was a circumstance in the scripture, and God said, you will live and not die. And the words jumped off the page to me, and the Holy Spirit said to me about this, you will live and not die. And I have held onto that rhema word this year. Let me give you another story. Is that okay? I do everything I can to be done in 15 minutes. When we, were, we spent four years in fasting and prayer and study and the consideration about moving here to start a church. And we got to the place where a lot of things were in place, but we didn't have a team and we didn't have any predicted funding. Our church had just sent out multiple church plants, and it just wasn't going to happen. But the elders of the church, everybody in the assessment, everybody was like, this is absolutely God's idea, we absolutely should do this, etc. I'm in my Bible reading, I read through the Bible in a year, you guys know that I do that, right? I'm in that Bible reading, and a word that came from God to somebody in the scripture jumped off the pages to me. God said to him, go in the strength you have. God was, I knew what it meant to that person, and to that person it meant there's not enough resources. To me, I was facing not enough resources, and the rhema word jumped off the page to me, and for more than 12 years, almost 13 now, I've held on to that word. So there's different ways. There's different ways to listen to the Holy Spirit. Second, live in a close, personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. If you're setting aside God time, it's God's time. Live in a close personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. Watch this verse here. We're going to talk about it more next week. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. You, your person, is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Whoa, close, personal relationship. The Lasan Covenant, which we've talked about and we've quoted these last three weeks, says this, the Holy Spirit is given to all who come to Christ. And the Spirit sets us free from self-centeredness to live for God and for others. There's purpose and there's freedom. Galatians 5, 5 through 6. But we who live by the Spirit eagerly wait to receive by faith the righteousness God has promised to us. For when we place 
our faith in Christ Jesus, there is no benefit in being circumcised or being uncircumcised. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. We who live by the Spirit. So we're going to let the Spirit guide our lives. It's this close, personal relationship. All of my life, daily contact. We heard more about it last week. I want to spend a little bit more time on the last one. Follow the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So if I'm listening to the Holy Spirit, I'm living in a close personal relationship with the Holy Spirit, there's purpose in it. Let's flash back to the Old Testament and something that God said, speaking to salvation. I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart, and will give you a tender, responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow. God speaks with purpose. God speaks with purpose. So how do I know that what I'm hearing is guidance from the Holy Spirit? Right? I don't want to be deceived. There's three possible sources of, of thoughts. One is God. One is people, yourself or other people. And one is our enemy, right? So there's three different sources. And most of the time, you're not getting a lightning bolt that is definitely God. No question that's definitely God. And most of the time, you're not getting a directly, that's the devil, that's 100%, everything... Most of the time, our sensations are a mixture of things. And what is required of us is some discernment. Well, there's a word that is a little strange. How do I know that? And God doesn't want us to walk around afraid that we're going to miss it. I've felt that way before. Nor does God want us to be insecure. God wants salvation, God's design for salvation is to come with assurance, peace, right? So, how do I know that it is the Holy Spirit? So, sometimes a thought and a message, a thought from God is, 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 is kind of like something we receive, It's like, a, it's like a pass. And, and, and those of you that have learned a little bit like football, and, and it applies to a couple of other sports too, is that a quarterback is going to do what's called lead the receiver. And what that means is that the quarterback and the receiver need to be on the same page about where the receiver is going. Hopefully, ultimately, the end zone. But there's a lot of, if you ever look at the diagrams, there's a lot of squiggly paths. So a quarterback will lead the receiver. He will throw the ball out in front of where the receiver knows that the receiver is going to go. And a receiver might move this way at the same time the quarterback is throwing, but then turn back this way 
and the quarterback has got to throw it out in front of where the receiver is going. The play is the design. And one of the things that I've learned is that God has design and that God has purpose and that when God sends us a message, God sends us a message with purpose. Are are you hearing me? The more I know about God's purpose, the more I can have a sense of which direction I should be going and the more I I get a sense of it. Now, when a, a new thought comes leave this job, go to that job, where it's just like, whoa, out of the blue, Holy Spirit. I'm talking about you're questioning, was that the Holy Spirit, right? When a new thought comes, one of the things that I should consider is the destination. Where is this thought taking me? And really give it some thought, because we've learned a lot in Scripture and through life and from each other about God and about God's purpose. God makes covenants, promises that have terms. And in God's covenants, it includes a new covenant, which includes the gospel, which includes salvation, which includes what did Peter learn? He learned that God is not willing, God doesn't desire anyone to perish, but that all come to repentance, to faith, to salvation, to redemption, to have heaven as their home. So is there something in what you believe God has said that aligns with, you can draw a line? You can draw a line to God's purpose. Consider where it's taking you. Unity is a really big thing in Scripture, but also in the New Testament we have things about divisiveness. Jesus also said that he would come and that there would be some who would believe and some who wouldn't. So sometimes it's not just easy and obvious. We need to do some study. We need to do some prayer. We need to bring it under discernment. So I don't want to pretend, I'm not pretending that this is always just a super simple thing. Are you with me? But I want to bring a little bit of equipping towards discernment. So one thing we do is consider the destination. Which direction is it taking me? Can I show alignment with God's purpose where this word is taking me? Does that make sense? Another one, consider the consistency. Is it consistent with who God is, who God has, the plain, simple truth we find in Scripture about who God is, the obvious stuff? Is this word consistent with who God is? Because when we read Scripture, we can learn a lot about what God feels. What makes God angry? What makes God sad? What what makes God happy? All of those things are in Scripture because God does express emotions. So the more I learn about God, the easier it is for me to take whatever I think this word from God is, consider the direction, and consider is it consistent with who God is. That's another layer of discernment. Does that make sense? Obviously, we can do a whole message on every one of these points. Lastly, what I have here is consider the fulfillment. So this is a lot of times, and last Sunday we got a couple of verses where it just says the Spirit directed them to go to this city. And we don't get much explanation. But we could say, well, God was into spreading the good news of Jesus, and so that was... But sometimes we get God prevented us to go to this city. The Spirit prevented us from going. We get that in in the New Testament. So sometimes the Spirit says go, sometimes the Spirit says no. 
Sometimes they were really having to discern, is this God? But one thing, the more you study this in Scripture, the more that you will find that one thing they do is they considered fulfillment. What happened as a result of them following, let's call it an impulse. Not a great word for this, but when you're trying to discern stuff, does God want me to run this red light? Probably not. When we're discerning things, what you definitely see in Scripture is that they didn't always know. Was it God? But then a lot of times what happens is they're writing after the fact and something proved its way out and that's why they said the Spirit guided us. The Spirit directed us. Jesus even talked like this. So they noted the fulfillment. So one thing that I find is helpful to do, and this has happened in my life, I've had times where I had, a, I had a word. I was in college, I was in a prayer meeting, and a pastor prayed over me, and I had this out of the blue thought that one day I was going to be working with him. No idea where that came from. Later in the meeting, I shared it with him, and he was like, okay, not really sure what to do on that, so what we'll do is we'll you know, we'll talk to your parents and pastors you're serving under and we'll, we'll put it on the shelf and see what God does. And I didn't think about it for, honestly, it really left my mind for a year and a half. Had those conversations, put it on the shelf, left my mind. And you know what happened? Their youth pastors were moving over to Europe. They contacted us and said, would you want to pray about coming? to become the youth pastor. And that's how I met Joe and Anna, Ken and Carmen. But there was a word that came to me, and then we put it on the shelf and continued to do what God had told us to do, which resulted in Rebecca and I dating, getting married, completing my degree, growing up more. Wish I had grown up more before I came, but... More time going on, getting other jobs... And then the timing of God that brought it along. So grace-filled humility, not fear and insecurity, can help us at times to put the word on the shelf. Didn't go blabbing all over, talking all over about it, right? But then note the fulfillment. And by noting the fulfillment, what it does is it helps me recognize the next time something like that comes around, does that feel the same as this? I'm learning to recognize the, the voice of the Good Shepherd. We get this, all, all these analogies of learning to recognize the voice of God. So I'm going to consider the destination, the direction, God speaking with purpose, consider the consistency, and consider the fulfillment. Last, just real quick, we'll, we'll talk about this next week. But one of the things that's an important piece of this is what I would like to call relationship integrity. So how do we do this? Why is this important? Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. Is my heart set that I want to please the Holy Spirit? How do I let the Holy Spirit guide my life? This really shouldn't put us in a place of insecurity living by a checklist where we're freaked out. What's the posture of your relationship with God? 
If the posture of your relationship with God is that you want to please God, anyone think of the analogies, right? You know, fathers in the room, you thought about what would please your wife for Mother's Day? It's relationship integrity. I want to please. And we also get in the scripture, do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. There should be a simple relationship integrity. Simple, my heart is to please the Holy Spirit, not grieve the Holy Spirit. And I hope that you will prayerfully consider these thoughts to help you remove any cloudy murkiness to your understanding about following the Holy Spirit. And I hope that it will help you have an assurance, a peace, a comfort, and some clarity, some things that we can develop in discernment so that we can grow in our ability to discern when the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. So let me close with some real practical, what should we do about it? Well, I would invite you to think and pray about today's notes. I would definitely invite you to ask God what you should do. Ask God a question and give God the opportunity to speak. Listen. How many times have I asked God a question and then not listened? More times than I've done that to Rebecca. Make time to listen to the Holy Spirit. Make more time to listen to the Holy Spirit than you did before. Can I just make that as a recommendation to you? Make more time to listen to the Holy Spirit. The last two Sundays, the last two Sundays at 9 o'clock, this is what we've started with. Time to listen. Make more time to listen to the Holy Spirit. Make plans to do this more often. Now, I want to say something about plans. Plans can make room for freedom for spontaneity. But plans also help you move what's going on in your heart from affection to deep love. Make plans to... Listen to the Holy Spirit. Let's close in prayer. God, thank you, thank you, thank you for speaking to us. Thank you for speaking to us. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your blessing. Help us, Lord, open our spiritual eyes, open our spiritual ears to hear you. Remove anything that would get in the way. Help us to have peace about discerning what you say. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I forgot to mention earlier, uh, some of you, just to recall to your memory, uh, my mom's Bible study on how God speaks. It's also very helpful, multiple pages of examples from the scripture on how God speaks. Thank you so much for being here today. Moms, please make sure you get a plant, you get a flower. Bless you today. Grace and peace to you. Have a great week.